a look at college football news, analysis, and insight from around the Sunshine State. This is Florida Football Insiders, a part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. And here's your host, Jason Powell. All right, welcome back to the Florida Football Insiders Podcast. It's part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Appreciate you finding us. Thank you, Steve Carney, for the uh, excellent intro. I'm your host, Jason Powers, down here in rainy, wet Tampa, Florida. We are trying to uh, work our way through Hurricane Ian as it unfortunately makes uh, landfall here on the West Coast down in the Naples Fort Myers area fortunate for us here in Tampa we were we were kind of right in the, in the neck of uh, the eye of the storm a couple of days ago but um, it has transitioned further south so again to all of our listeners in the state of Florida especially on that the southern part of Florida please uh, we are thinking about you please take shelter and obviously uh, hopefully if you have a little time we can provide a little positive uh, uh, happiness while you're going through this uh, tough storm here. Everybody in this, a lot of people in the state of Florida are going to be affected here by this storm in the coming days and weeks. So please, uh, again, hopefully you're safe and we are thinking about you. Um, and uh, again, uh, try to pro- hopefully try to provide a little, uh, a little, put a little smile on your face when we're talking a little college football here in the state of Florida. Well, do we have a lot to talk about this week? We do. Uh, we have some upsets. We have Miami going down. We had a really good game at Tennessee, Florida. Florida State on the rise. So we're going to talk to uh, our coach, the coach in the kicker segment with former USF head coach Jim Levitt. We're going to talk about different things related to preparation for a game during a hurricane week. We have some a couple of our teams are having to relocate. We have had a couple of the games move. The Florida Eastern Washington game has has been moved from Saturday to Sunday at 12 o'clock. Florida State Wake Forest is still scheduled for Saturday at 3:30. We're not, we don't think that's going to get moved, but we're not. That has not been finalized yet. Uh, The USF Bulls uh, game against East Carolina has been moved from Tampa to to Boca Raton, which not sure that how that's going to play now that the storm has moved further south, but we'll see. That game has been moved to Saturday down in Boca, so I would assume that will stay there. Uh, and again, uh, we had some; uh, those are your updated uh, game times and moves and all that stuff related to the games in the state of Florida. So, again, a quick uh, synopsis of the of the calendar of, of, of games from last week: Florida loses at Tennessee, thirty-eight thirty-three. Miami gets stunned at home by Middle Tennessee, forty-five thirty-one. Florida State wins 44-14 over Boston College. UCF beats Georgia Tech 27-10. We're also going to talk with Coach about the Georgia Tech coach being uh, let go in Atlanta, Jeffrey Collins, following that game. USF loses at Louisville 41-3. Western Kentucky hammers FIU, and Purdue beats FAU close 28-26. So um, we're going to talk about all those, uh, many of those games with Coach Levitt. We're also going to talk to Matt Merchel. He's the beat writer for Florida State and UCF for the Orlando Sentinel. So we're going to talk about talk to Matt about the upcoming uh, stretch of games with Florida State. Their meet of their schedule is coming in the next three weeks. So enjoy that chat with Matt and with Coach Jim Levitt. So Florida Football Insiders is brought to you by. 
Beef O'Brady's, uh, Beef O'Brady's here in Tampa, the location on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue for all of your college football uh, needs, watching needs, NFL needs on whether it's Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Definitely go to Beef O'Brady's on Bush and Himes. Beautifully remodeled uh, uh, new restaurant there. Great place to watch watch games all throughout the year. Uh, whether it's catering stuff you need, whether it's taking out your family out to dinner, watching a little football, baseball playoffs are coming up. Definitely check out Beef O'Brady's Bush and Himes. So enjoy our podcast. And again, if you have any comments, we'd love to hear from you at JPO Sports. JPO Sports is my Twitter handle. Love to hear some comments. And enjoy Coach Jim Levitt and Matt Merchell. And now a word from BetUS. Hey guys and girls, with the college football and NFL season now underway, you need a sportsbook with integrity and longevity that you can rely on like BetUS. BetUS has been pioneers in the sportsbook industry for over 25 years, thriving and paying their loyal customer base quickly and securely. Go to BetUS.com and take advantage of an offer we have for all of our podcasts. You'll receive 125% of a sign-up bonus by using our code COAST22. That's COAST22. Put $100 in, you get an extra $125. Put $200 in, you get an extra $250. So forth and so on. BetUS has all the NFL, MLB postseason, NBA, tennis, golf, Premier League, and college football wagers to bet on. But we all know... You are all college football and NFL fans, and we want you to be with us all season long on BetUS. Check them out at BetUS.com, and remember our 125% matching bonus for all initial signups with our code COAST22. BetUS, you bet, you win, and most importantly, you get paid. College football and NFL football fans, we know that the season is cranked back up. Are you looking for the best seats at the most competitive prices? Take advantage of Ticket Smarter and their mobile app. Ticket Smarter is partnered with more than 100 universities and 24 conferences as their official ticket resale marketplace. They have also partnered with ESPN Events as an official ticket resale partner. And with the best selection of NCAA and NFL football tickets, Ticket Smarter makes sure fans from all over the country experience the power and excitement of the football season live and in person. Purchase your, ter- your tickets directly, securely, and at the best prices on the secondary market with the Ticket Smarter mobile app or at TicketSmarter.com. We've got an additional offer for those listening to all of our podcasts. Take 5% off your purchase of $100 or more with our promo code GRIDIRON22. That's Gridiron22 for 5% off of your order of $100 or more, and that code isn't just a one-time use. Use it this week. Use it next week. Use it Thanksgiving week. Use our code as many times as you want this football season for the best selection of college football and NFL seats to the biggest games. Check out the selections, pricing now with Ticket Smarter, and remember our code Gridiron22. Think smarter ticket smarter all right welcome back to the coach and the kicker segment we are about a third of the way through the college football season it's going pretty fast and coach levitt's back with us for another week welcome back coach all right it's gonna be back let's go to work yeah i know can you believe we're already at the we're already four games in for a lot of places we're getting there we're getting to the midpoint we're getting really to see who's 
which team's really getting to be a good team and which teams are kind of floundering. And that, that, uh, that's, that, 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 that narrative is, is just as good in the state of Florida as it is all over the country. We had some, you know, we have Miami who was off to a great start and they've lost a couple Florida's up and down Florida state starting to rise a little bit, you know, USF's going up and down a little bit. So we're going to, we're going to knock around all the go all around the state of Florida with you, coach. First thing I want to ask you, I know you were at the Bucks game yesterday. As a fan, you were at the Bucks Green Bay. How 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 is it for you to be a fan at a game like that? Uh, different. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I mean, I I bought tickets up in the uh, nest. Uh, what do they call that news news section? And okay, uh, you know, I bought it uh, for my girls, and you know, um, you know, so it's just it's a little different being out there and seeing it like that, but. Uh, People all around us were great. You know, it was fun, fun atmosphere. They had 69,000. Yeah. You know, it's the largest crowd ever because they have all that new seating. And uh, I can remember back in our, our West Virginia game when I was in South Florida, we would have filled that whole thing. Right. As we had all, that, all those seats because it was such a big game. I, I was kind of thinking about that. I was looking at the 69,000 thinking, my gosh, it, I wonder if we could have gotten that many, uh, you know, back in the day. But uh, it was great. It was fun because, you know, I'd faced as a coach, I'd faced uh, Rogers four times. We were fortunate. Uh, Jim Harbaugh was our head coach and uh, Vic Fangio, our D coordinator. We were 4-0 against Rogers, but boy, wow. he's a great quarterback. And we beat Green Bay all those times. And one of the games was in the so cold up in Green Bay. And then the one time we faced uh, Brady, it was in New England, uh, very cold, very rainy. And we were beating them really bad. And then Brady got hot in the second half, came all the way back to almost beat us. Uh, so we end up winning that game too. So five and zero against those quarterbacks. Wow! <laughs> but I was coaching linebacker, so I can't say that I had a whole lot to to do with it. Hey, but you, <laughs> had, some, field, you, but... Had, some, you had some tremendous linebackers with Namara Bowman and Willis and those guys. You did a yeah. great, good job with those guys. Well, I didn't do much. I just hugged them there. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you just try not to screw it up. But uh, but I thought Rogers played extremely well. I mean, he's got such a quick release. Yeah. And Brady is Brady, you know, he's so great. And uh, it was a heck of a game and defenses played pretty well and you know, a couple of big plays here and there. And, but I thought the, the fact that Bucks dropped the ball a few times, three right. fumbles that really killed him. I thought, but it, it, you know, you, those games always go down to the, the last quarter and, and them driving all the way down there with a chance to tie it, you know, was, was really pretty, pretty good. I, yeah. Uh, but, oh, yeah. I mean, when you're coaching the stands, are you looking at every play from a defensive coordinator perspective? I mean, are you looking at the scheme and the and the formations and just in your mind breaking it all down of things, you know, tendencies and things you'd be looking at? Uh, kind of both because, you know, I was coaching last fall. I was over at SMU right. last fall. Right. Um, you know, I could – you know, I could see that, you know, because I had kind of an end zone, which I like. I like having the end zone a lot more than uh, being on a 50-yard line for me as a coach because I love to see that part of it all. And, and, you know, you could, you know, in the NFL, it's pretty close to the same things, you know, from one team to another. You could tell what they were doing defensively. And uh, so I do both. You know, I kind of look at kind of what the call is and then also right. just uh, trying to watch the game as well. Very good. Very good. Yeah, the uh, like I said, the great, great game, and it was a defensive game too, which you don't see a whole lot in the NFL these days. It was a very rough and tough defensive kind of game. I know a game you like to, you, you love, and deep down in your heart. Yeah, you know, I enjoy I, games. Yeah. Most most 
NFL games are going to be pretty close, at least the ones, you know, the four years I was in the NFL, so many games came down to the you know, last drive. I saw a stat last night the, through the first three weeks of the NFL season, more times than ever in NFL history, there's been 18 games decided by three points or less in three weeks, the most in the history of the NFL through three weeks. Yeah, it does. You know, there's, there, you know, a lot of great players and good coaches and, yep. you know, it's just, a, just the way it is, you know, it was, it was fun for me, you know, you really in the NFL, I much I'd rather be coaching on the sidelines, certain college as well, but the atmosphere in the college is a little bit different. Just, a, it's a different, uh, different deal, you know, depending on the games where you're at, who's playing. So it's all, it's all a lot of fun, just different, uh, you know, NFL and college is different. That's right. That's right. All right. So we had some upsets around the country. Your your beloved Kansas State had pulled a big one in Norman. That was a huge up. It's not huge, but a significant upset for sure. Um, you know, some in, some lot of close games. USC survived. Clemson survived in double overtime. Oregon, Notre Dame. So just your you know talk about can't you know I know program you know well Kansas State. It's a huge win for uh, climbing at Kansas State. Uh, a huge win. And Martinez played great. Yeah. Quarterback at Nebraska. And I realized you had to stay so close to Brent Venables. And um, uh, I know Brent, it'll be hard on Brent, you know, for sure, because Brent played for me at Kansas State and was a GA there when we were building that program. Uh, Kansas State played great. Yeah, I'm just telling you, I, I thought they played with, with incredible passion. Yep. Uh, they absolutely beat OU. Uh, at OU, I thought they just did a tremendous job coaching and playing. They played inspired, and OU played well too. I know Brent will bury him for you know because he's so competitive. As you know, I understand that it's OU's OU. But let me tell you something that that Big Twelve is going to be interesting. Who ends up winning that one? You got you know Baylor, Iowa State was a yep. great game, yep. and a Texas Tech beats Texas, Texas. in yep. overtime. Uh, you got, uh, I mean, you've got a lot of close games, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I'm telling you, it's going to be really, you know, Kansas, they're undefeated right now, and they're doing a great job. And Brian Borland, their D coordinator, played for me at Morningside College. How about that one? That was my first <laughs> when I first got into coaching. And, I mean, you, you look at that. I mean, Oklahoma State yep. is, is really strong. Uh, I mean, it's – league right now as, as a lot of them are so you know really really interesting games and you know all, like you said all around the country really really close games all right let's go to the big upset in the state of florida the miami hurricanes get thumped by middle tennessee i mean it it the score wasn't even probably that close i mean it was they were down three touchdowns most of that game uh the quarterback for miami gets benched tyler van dyke um you know just a just a lackluster performance in miami your thoughts well, exactly. It's embarrassing, you know, to be, let's, let's just be honest. Right. Middle Tennessee, the head coach, Rick Stocksdale, played at Florida State. So right. He came out um, after that game. I'm sure all the Florida State Seminoles were all fired up about that. Um, but, I mean, Middle Tennessee was taking their starters off the field in the fourth quarter. Think about that. I mean, I get, you know, Appalachian State won a big game. We saw – Marshall go up and beat game and you know all games right down at the end. This was over. 
this was they were taking players off the field right to, to that shouldn't happen we all know that and i watched the beginning of middle tennessee came out like they just was the, by, by far the better team they took it to them from the beginning all the way through the whole game and uh it, at miami and you know i mean i don't know that's that's uh yeah you don't understand why those things happen uh i i don't i don't think it, it, when we got beat i know our first year we got beat in a couple games that uh, but that was our first year of football, 18 true freshmen. Uh, but I don't know if I ever went through something that Miami went through uh, to get embarrassed like that. That was um, that was just it wasn't very good. You know. And how do you? So how do you? You lose a tough game in A and M, and then you yeah. get then you get just thumped at home by by an inferior team. How you? How do you as the head coach? How do you get the team back? I mean, because at that point, you know, today they got to be. You know, they've got to be, I don't say in disarray, but they've got to be that staff and that and those players have got to be really uh, asking a lot of questions. Well, surely they are. And I, I haven't been through exactly that, I guess. I don't know uh, to get to get me like that. I, uh, you know, got to pull your team together. You got to hope you have some great leaders. You know, your senior leadership's got to be there. And uh, you better hope your, your, your uh, coaching staff's really on board with you. And they better. They got to do a great job in their position meetings, you know, when you break it down and you just got to keep moving forward. You know, uh, the, the most important thing I think is be honest with your team, you know, and honest with your coaches, you know, there's no smoke and mirrors. So we got, we got, we got our ass kicked, you know, and you know, uh, we don't, and we'll continue to, if we don't change. Right. You know, so, uh, you know, you go out there, you practice hard, you, you know, like you, like you have been, you make sure your coaches are in the locker room after practice, make sure they don't go and shower themselves and get ready to go off film. The first thing they better do is get, get their butt in the locker room after practice and spend time in that locker room. And, uh, you know, just make sure that they, you know, that the, the players know that the coaches really do care. They, everybody wants to win. And the only way you're going to do it is you got to work very hard at it. And, and uh, hopefully your plan is good, you know, and everybody's on board with it. You, you, keep, you just got to keep moving forward and, uh, you know, get ready for the next game. You can't do anything about what just happened. You know, you lost, lost to Middleton C. Got embarrassed. Uh, you need to just stop and, and move forward and try not to let that carry too much on you, you know. And, uh, and then you got to do some great evaluation uh, with your coaches on. You know, who are guys that are going to fight? Who are guys that are going to play hard all the way the, and never, ever give up? And, and you better get those guys on the field, you know, whoever it is, you know, because that's the only chance you have to win it. All right, let's go to Knoxville. Very entertaining game. The Gators and the, and the Volunteers. Florida played really well for most of that game. Anthony Richardson played really well. Quarterback, you know, Tennessee ends up winning 38-33. Florida gets the ball at the end on a recovered onside kick. They got a chance there. Just your thoughts on, you know, Anthony Richardson. He played really well, I thought. He threw the ball well. He was in command. You know, we we've talked about him up and down. Good game, bad game, good game, bad game. This was definitely a good game. You saw the potential that he potentially has uh, as a high draft pick. But, again, just talk about Florida. He, Napier was very aggressive in Tennessee. Went for it a lot. You know, he was very aggressive. Your, your thoughts on uh, what you saw in Knoxville? Well, first thing is how, how well Tennessee's done. Right. And how their, uh, their staff has done getting that thing going. Uh, Tennessee's a, you know, it's a great job. I mean, they, a lot of those jobs, the SEC, you know, 
but for them to be under, I think they're undefeated. Yeah. And for them to, what they did is, is impressive. You know, I thought, you know, Florida played much better. They played more inspired. They played with more focus. They played, it was totally different than what they did against South Florida, you know, against, it was just like, they just thought they would win the game by just showing up, which you never can. It's hard to win a game. It's very hard. Your players got to understand that, that it's hard. You've got to learn to strain and you've got to strain through the whole game. And, you know, I thought both teams played very hard and you know, Richardson did a lot better things than he did. Right. I'm not going to tell you that I think he's a great quarterback. I mean, if you're a great quarterback at moments, you're up and down, then you're not. Now he's a great athlete. And he's uh, and he he has potential, but we all say that's the worst word there is <laughs> when right. you guys potential because it's almost a negative connotation on the guy. Um, I don't know. I just you have to you have to wait and watch him, like we all talk about. He's, he hasn't played that many games, and I think it's still unknown if he's going to be a great quarterback or not. You just got to keep watching him through the year, and, and uh, you take the whole body of knowledge at the end of the year you know, to see, but he's the best, I'm a, you know, I'm sure he's the best they've got right now and they've got to go with him and be positive with him and hope that he becomes a great quarterback, you know, always and is very consistent and always making good decisions, good throws, so forth, you know, and, and trying to protect him. But I thought it was a great game. Florida could have won, you know, and uh, Tennessee, though, controlled a lot of it at times too, you know, so uh, I, thought, I thought it was a game that I expected. I expected Tennessee to win after yeah. seeing – Florida did against South Florida, and I expected them to win in a close game. And the, certainly, the home field helped them. And uh, you know, I thought they, I thought they did a, I thought Tennessee did a good job. All right, up to Tallahassee, you got the Seminoles, a very professional-like performance. They beat a team they were better than. They beat them soundly. They beat them convincingly. I was very impressed with what I saw out of Norvell and company up in Tallahassee. Uh, so was I, you know, and I think you said it exactly right. Kind of like, you know, it's a game they, they need to win. They should win uh, at home. And they uh, like a yeoman type, just game that they just went out and beat them. And they had control of that game, you know, throughout. Yeah. Uh, and, um, you know, again, you know, it might be, you know, people say, well, Boston College is not as good this year, whatever. I'm telling you, it's hard to win a game. Uh, I don't care. Uh, I had a lot of friends that went up that uh, that game up to Florida State, and and um, you know obviously we're very happy and obviously happy in the state right now because Florida State looks like the best team yeah. in some ways in the state of Florida right now just because their record, you know, going to beat LSU and um, you know beating Louisville like they did and and getting right. that win and beating Boston College and now you start like you said at the beginning of this program you you start to see you know who's what. And, uh, and the consistency that Florida State has is, is, is really uh, the most important thing. You know, they're not up and down. They, they played, they've played pretty steady. Right. Uh, they've gotten good quarterback. They've got two good quarterbacks that can play. Uh, you know, their defense is, you know, uh, not great, but, you know, good. They're probably not the defenses of Mickey Andrews and those things, but right. they're, um, they're, still, they're still good and finding their way through it. So I was, I was impressed. They got the gauntlet coming up the next three weeks. They got Wake Forest this week. They got NC State and Clemson. So we're going to really know what Florida State is by the next in the next three weeks. You know, how do you, as a coach, how do you approach? I mean, I know it's a one week at a time. I get it. But you know, this is the three week, the three week stretch. If you get through these three weeks, look out. 
Yeah, you don't look at it as three weeks, just like you said. You gotta look at Wake. Now, Wake, I watched that game at Clemson. Yeah. Wow. I'm in Wake, and I when I was states, we played Wake, and I was, I mean, I was so impressed with what they've done with that program, and so hard they give it that running back, you know, back in the backfield. He's he's just uh, just takes his time, and those big linemen get on people, and they. And then they throw the RPOs off that. I'm telling you, it's and the quarterback for Wake is, I mean, they're good. They are. It's a good football team. They had Clemson. Lose Clemson, Clemson in double overtime. If you didn't see it, fans, they go to double <laughs> overtime with Clemson and lose in double overtime. I don't know. Uh, I was impressed. And, uh, you know, so Florida State is a different offensive, it's different preparation now. It, it really is. So uh, they've got a, they got a heck of a game ahead of them. So we'll see. We'll keep seeing and about Florida State and what they're all about. But you got to come right a week, every week now. You know, I mean, you look because look at Kansas State beating Oklahoma, like we talked about. They lost to Tulane the week before. Right, right. So I, I'm really impressed with Tulane's head coach, what he's done in his resume. But they, they lost to Tulane and then they go beat OU at OU. I know, right crazy and then here miami gets buried by middle tennessee you got i mean you just got different things out there you know and crazy. and now look marshall has gotten beat by bowling green and troy i mean troy really beat him and troy had app state beat except the hell mary right uh, uh but my point is this marshall went into notre dame and beat him beat him and then they've lost to Bowling Green and they've lost to Troy. Two good football teams, you know? know. But, I mean, the parity, like I said, hard to win a game. You better be ready to, ready to play. Better be ready to play every week. Because it's here, South Florida, we all, and I said this last week, South Florida, I played Florida. They should have won the game, right. you know? I said they have to. But I also said last week, be careful about Louisville because it's very hard to play at Louisville. And Louisville was ready to play. And South Florida wasn't. Right. Like I said, back to, back to yo-yo performance at South Florida. They play so well the week before and come out and just get blitzed at, at the first half at Louisville, 28 nothing. the game's over. I mean, that's that's probably the disheartening part if you're the coach because you you, you don't you want you want to be a consistent performer, correct, coach? You want your team to again, you may right. not have the most talented team, but you want to perform at a consistent level most every week, correct? Well, and I always say don't look at don't look at win or lose a game. Is each play and playing great football. If you play great football, the wins will come, you know. But you, you can't you can't go up and down like that. And that's just uh, uh, they they were not ready to play, and that's on the coaches and the players. They just weren't ready to play at Louisville. And even Louisville's a good football team, right? And even if South Florida, okay, but you know, but but play well, right? You know, and 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 because you're looking at the season, you want to get better as the year goes. Now we know that. They were probably picked to beat a Howard. Probably, you know, BYU was – that was disappointing. I thought South Florida played better in that game. But uh, – in the Louisville. So, you know, now you – but you know what? Your first four games has nothing to do with the conference race. And I know right. that's what – I know that's what the uh, head coach is telling the South Florida players, that it's all starting all over again. Forget – let's focus on East Carolina. You know, we have to beat them. We got them at home. Uh, East Carolina just got beat by Navy, and 
Navy hadn't won a game, but they won 23-20 against East Carolina. And it's hard to face Navy. I'm telling you, they're, they're so different. Uh, and East Carolina's a good football team. And, uh, and they, you know, they have NC State beat. They lost 21-20. Right. So the loss, you know, it's uh, – and they end up beating, I think, Old Dominion, who's not bad. Has I mean, they I think they – I don't know if Old Dominion beat Virginia, but played them tough, I forget. But um, this is a big game. This is a really big game for South Florida. They, they need to beat East Carolina. And if they play like they're capable of, they, they will win the game. Well, so now you got the hurricane. We're going to talk about it. Let's Let's get into that. So, you know. Hurricane, hurricanes coming to hurricanes coming to Florida here. It's going to affect the whole state of Florida this week. You got schools out in, the, in, in our in where we're at. Schools out. I don't know what the college situation. They're probably out of school in a lot of places too. Out of co- uh, you know classes have probably been canceled in a lot of places. As a coach, I know you've been through hurricane weeks. How do you prepare knowing you maybe can't get on the field come Wednesday? Maybe you can't get on the field to practice. How does that affect your preparation when you may have to do more meeting stuff in, in mental stuff than you can physical stuff during the week? No, oh, it affects you. I, I went through three, I think three hurricanes. I was there, you know, I was there 13, 14 years, whatever it was, but uh, you, you, you got it. You got to get ready to play. You, you almost, you're almost in a situation where you don't know if the game will be canceled or if they'll right. be moved, you know, to a Monday or a Sunday or whatever. Uh, and that can't happen always because of Raymond, near Raymond James Stadium. I don't know. Uh, you had to look at the buck schedule, all those kind of things. So there's a lot of variables involved. And, you know, this hurricane might hit on Wednesday, Thursday. So you're looking at you better have a you better have a heck of a prize today because today's beautiful. And, you know, Sunday and getting to the film, you better look ahead, uh, knowing that you might not be practicing on Wednesday and Thursday because campus will probably be closed. Right. I mean, that that did happen. I, and, uh, um, you know, you're right. You, you've got to work around it. You can't, you can't bring your players in when the campus is closed. Now, I believe we had school closed, but I believe one or two of the times we actually did have our players back and we're able to watch film or right. do walkthroughs and those kind of things. Uh, the mental preparation is going to be the most important part of it anyway to really get to know the team that you're facing but they ought to be able to have a really good practice today and if you're a head coach you're thinking it's not going to be a normal monday let's try to get even if you don't go on pads because they're you know they might be beat up the louisville game right um do help do a little bit more teamwork really make sure you do a little bit more prepare know ahead of time that you might not get practice in on wednesday and thursday and tuesday maybe but you can get a good practice in today, Tuesday, you're going to go in the morning. So you'll get a good practice in on Tuesday morning. And then they're, and then they'll go right to meetings uh, because school will probably be closed. And they, but they probably won't necessarily close it for the players yet. And then Tuesday night, you're good. Now you got to also remember, you got a lot of players from the state of Florida. You got to think family. about this. They're the families. But they're going to go through and, and making sure the families are okay. Right. And as an athletic director and as a head coach, you got to be looking at this very, very close. You got to be in constant communication with East Carolina um, because you want to make sure that you you are in your best. You're, you have your best team out there. Uh, and if it's too many days, you know, you may have to postpone the game. You just or you may have to talk to East Carolina about that, you know, because 
it's not just about the hurricane. Ice players are going to want to go home to their families right. and help with sandbagging or and all those kind of things. So you're talking about disruption of uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then for them to come back just to play the game. That's tough. I I think it's definitely 50 play the game on the Saturday. Yeah, you know, yeah. if it's a Saturday game. Yeah, the I know they tried it in there. Yeah. I was going to say the other complication is the Bucks play at home Sunday night against Kansas City, so you can't play Sunday in Tampa because of the Bucks. Right. Yeah, no, I think probably will happen because of the whole game, because I know I'm going to that game. I'm kind of excited about that one as well. But yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and I got, I've got a few of flying in for this game. So anyway, uh, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> not to get off track, but I, I think there's a real good chance that this game could be canceled okay. with East Carolina. And, uh, and then you also got to look at, you know, how many, how many, you know, getting a crowd there to the game. Right. right. That's the other part. Opener. Uh, if I'm, and you know what? If I'm the head coach at uh, South Florida, I'm first. I'm looking at how many injuries I got too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of guys banged up. I might kind of be pushing for safety even more than I normally would. I would anyway. And you have to, and it's 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 sincere. Yeah. I mean, because you just don't know where the storm's going to go, and right. and uh, it doesn't look good right now. So, uh, but you got to prepare your team because you don't know. Right. And uh, so this can be interesting dynamics for. Uh, uh, the for the state, coaching. the whole state, yeah. yeah. Up for the whole state, you're right. I don't know the. You're right. Uh, Florida State, the Florida State's got a home game against Wake Forest Saturday. Boy, you might be. There might be cancellations throughout the whole thing. Right, right. But and then, I know, I know, we're not supposed to look at this stuff, but you know, TV, money, right. crowds, sure. Are, but you, you darn well better, ever not let those things take precedent over the safety of your families and your, and your players. And that's right. The number one thing, and I'll never forget this. Uh, Doug Wooler came in to me one, we had a hurricane coming in and he comes to my office and says, well, what should we do? <laughs> I go, we better do whatever's best for the safety of, of all your athletes. And I was shocked that you, you, you even didn't know what to do. Then I said right away, you, whatever, forget everything. Soccer team, anything, any, whatever sports going on, make sure that if they need to get home, go home. Right. Whatever they need to do, take care of that. It's a, it's a one game. Right. I mean, I know it seems like life and death sometimes to us, but it's not. Uh, the families, the players, and what they've got to do, uh, you know, for them is – is most important, and, and you just you take everything off of that. That's all there is to it. It's not a hard decision. No, that yeah, no, for sure. And, and they'll they'll figure out a way to make the game up later in the year down the road if they, if it needs to be made up. So, all right, one more thing, I'll get you out of here. Um, player discipline. We had a kid from Georgia get arrested over the weekend. One of their starters got in trouble with some alcohol on campus. A DUI situation. As a coach. Is that a situation where you have to rely on the university's policies strictly, or is that something where you may have some leeway and what kind of discipline you enforce for a kid, especially when it's a, a kid on your team that gets arrested for something? It's it wasn't you know it wasn't a felony, but it was a drinking situation or whatever. 
How do you handle discipline situations when it comes to kids on your team and, and, and depending on the severity of the infraction? Uh, I never waited for the university. <laughs> that might take forever. Uh, if, if, if I knew that it was wrong and I knew that uh, the player <clears throat> violated team rules or a university policy or whatever, anything like that, then, then they're going to, they're not going to play that game. And then I'm going to sit back and decide what, uh, what needs to be done because I've always said this, you, you, there's two things that you have to have in a program. And there's two things I talked about always is love and discipline. And if you don't have them, you're not going to have much of a team in my opinion. And I always told them, I always told them like this, if you've got a son, or a daughter, and they go out in the street when they're two or three years old, and you're going to go and you're going to hug them, but you're going to be stern because you don't want them to get killed. And right. you got, you love them, but you got to be stern with them. And, you know, uh, and I just use that al- analogy that the love and discipline, you know, you got a young man who's got DUI, first of all, what in the heck is he, the safety of himself? Right. Who that a family, all his friends. What if anybody else is in the car, if they're in the car? Uh, all of that. Right. What are you doing? And forget about football. Think about his life. Think about what's what's going to happen in his in his entire life. And think about those things. And that should be the most important thing. So you want to you you, you want to do something that's going to be abrupt to help him to save his life or just help him right. and others. So that's why. I, I, would you have open I, com- Would you have open conversations? Would you have open conversations with the guys on the team, knowing knowing they're going to go to fraternity parties, sorority parties, that there's going to be alcohol, and to some of these cases of hey, if this happens, call me or call your position coach or make sure you call an Uber or whatever it is. How do you? I mean, because you know those things are going to come up. They're they live on they're in, they're on they're in college. Those situations are going to come up that they got to make a decision, good or bad. Well, first of all, I don't know when this happened. If it's not before the game, I mean. Well, first of all, I shouldn't do it anyway. We all know that, right. okay? <clears throat> and you're talking about me talking to the team. If it's night before the game, uh, I darn well lay down the law that you, you, you're not going out. You're not even going out at all. You know, we kept them on campus, so we didn't have any money to go to hotels. When I, right. <laughs> we just got into dorm rooms. But I always threaten them saying, that I'm going to drive to all the bars in Tampa and, and check on them. <laughs> Told him I would, and I, I told him I'd have our staff out. But you know, in Tampa, you know, if, if those guys were out, a lot of times somebody called me, you know, because uh, I knew I knew so many people. But right. um, I always talk to the team openly about it. And you know, before the season even starts, you, right. you're going to have, and you do that with the team, uh, so you have some power, you know, because the 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 biggest thing is your teammates and the leadership. And if you don't have that, then those things you know, can happen, but, um, you know, it does, it happens. It happened with me and I, I had to suspend guys and I had, it, but I was, I wasn't going to play, you know, I didn't, I didn't have a, there was no gray area with those things. And, uh, if you violate those rules and you weren't going to play, and if you violate too many of them, you weren't going to be on our team. You're going right. to be somewhere else, uh, because that was just too important. You know, we talk about you, you love your teammates or, you care about each other and be accountable to each other. That's on and off the field. And if you really care about the team, you will be accountable. What are you doing those things? Why, why are you even jeopardizing? Why, why is that important? You know, I mean, it's just, it makes no sense to me. So 
but you're right. You have young people that, that do uh, probably not real smart things, you know. So, but you do. You talk to your team. You're open about the whole the whole thing to everybody. All right, coach. We'll bunker down for the hurricane this week. Hopefully, we won't have any issues here in Tampa. Hopefully, you'll be able to stay. We'll everybody see in all seriousness. Hopefully, everybody doesn't get affected. I know the, the storm, we're not sure where the storm's going to go yet, all up and down the, the in the state of Florida. So, everybody, obviously, take care and be and be safe. And, uh, Coach, have a great week, and we will see you next week on the Coach and the Kicker segment. All right. Thanks, Chase. Enjoy your Kansas City Chiefs Sunday night. All right. <laughs> have a great week, Coach. Okay. Are you in the market for a new home as we enter the fall? First-time home buyer, you want to upsize or downsize your current living situation? Reach out to Titan Home Lending for all of your home lending needs. If you need an FHA, VA, conventional, jumbo, or even a bank statement loan, Titan is the place to help you. We will work with whatever financial situation you are dealing with. Again, from Key West to Pensacola to Orlando to everywhere in between, Titan Home Lending is your home lending source in the state of Florida. Reach out to Jason Powers, 205 790 1404. Special thanks to our partners at Print and Marketing Solutions and Realtor Star Alvarado. If you are looking to sell your home or are looking to purchase a home anywhere in the Tampa Bay area, from Tampa to St. Pete to Wesley Chapel and everywhere in between, reach out to Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. She will be a great advocate for you on both the selling side and the purchasing side of the real estate transaction. So Star Alvarado, 813-538-9572. Print and Marketing Solutions. Do you have a corporate event? Do you have golf tournaments? Are you involved in an election? Do you need signs, banners, road signs? Uh, do you need marketing pieces? Do you need color copies, business cards, everything in between? Reach out to Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887. Todd's located off of the, the intersection of Lineball and Gun Highway over in Carrollwood. He is a full-service print and digital marketing supplier. Anything you need in the print, and, print needs Todd can help you. So reach out to Todd Tedesco, 813-498-2887, Print and Marketing Solutions. The Powers on Sports, Florida Football Insiders, and No Quarter Given Podcast is presented by Beefo Brady's on the corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue in Tampa over in the Forest Hills, Carrollwood area. For all your catering needs, group events, reach out to Beefo Brady's. They can definitely take care of you. If you want to go watch some football on a Thursday, Saturday, Sunday, and even Monday night, I definitely recommend Beefo Brady's, corner of Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue, as well as Hank's Barbecue on Northdale Mabry, just north of Waters Avenue, and Home Slice Pizza Company, which is also right next to the Beefo Brady's on Bush Boulevard and Himes Avenue. So for all of your football watching needs or catering needs, whether it's barbecue, pizza, or Beefo Brady's, reach out to TJ Maloof and tell him the Powers on Sports podcast sent you. All right, welcome back to the Florida Football Insiders podcast. You just heard heard from Coach Jim Levitt giving his uh, analysis of the weekend's action, and now we're going to talk to Matt Merchell from the Orlando Sentinel. Matt covers FSU and UCF on a daily basis, and uh, was Matt was in the building Saturday night in Orlando for the UCF win over Georgia Tech, which, if you haven't heard, has led to the dismissal of Jeff Collins, the coach at Georgia Tech, 
earlier in the week. So Matt's going to be, and again, Matt covers Florida State, who's off to a great start, and got to, we're going to talk off lots of Florida State as well. So welcome back, Matt. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Hanging in there, just trying to batten down the hatchets here for this storm that's coming this week. So hopefully we uh, will be able to keep doing what we're doing and don't get don't, don't get too much rain. Yeah, you know, actually, uh, I know on a uh, serious note, you know, spoke. You heard Mike Norvell today talk a little bit about how they're the Florida State's kind of getting prepared for whether or not they're going to have their game on Saturday. I know Scott Strickland over at Florida has done the same thing. Gus right. Malzahn at UCF talked about it. I think everyone, obviously, we've been through this enough to know. You know, basically everyone's keeping an eye on the storm, see what's going to happen. Feels like maybe it's going to pass before uh, all those games are set. And then maybe it won't be too much uh, of, of an interruption and people won't be uh, hampered by it. Right. I, like that first question. So what did, so coach Norvell, did he, this is probably his, maybe his first or second experience with a storm at Florida state. Did he give any insight as far as any change in their preparation? And as far as, you know, obviously later in the week, maybe more challenging Wednesday, Thursday might be a, little, be a little more challenging from a practice schedule perspective. Did he talk about that at all in his press conference? Not really. You know, we did say is that the, that the administration, you know, Michael Alford, the athletic director of the administration, uh, I guess, met, you know, on Sunday night, I guess they spoke with the ACC, uh, kind of coming up with some sort of alternate plan in case something were to happen. Obviously, you got to have something in place. I'm not sure whether that would involve, you know, moving the game to a different weekend or moving, you know, to a different site. You know, that could always be uh, something that's being discussed. But actually, Mike Norvell said, you know, listen, we're just preparing to play this game. We're going to go out and practice. Um, they feel like, you know, uh, they've got a, a good opportunity here, obviously coming off a, a big win over, over Boston College. And they have a, a, a good opponent coming up in Wake Forest. So uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens on Wednesday or Thursday. I mean, they do have an indoor practice facility. They could go inside if they had to. But again, they're not going to put anyone in danger if they felt like it's going to be too much of a challenge. So they may, you know, who knows? I, I've seen schools you know, actually leave the state and go somewhere, you know, to another site to kind of work out for a couple of days if they felt like they needed to do something like that. All right, so let's get to the, the Seminoles. 4-0, again, very professional-like performance Saturday night. They beat an inferior Boston College team. They played very well doing it, so give them credit for that. Jordan Travis came back and played well. You know, the you know the, the running game was good. The defense was good. And another thing, the crowd, big mm-hmm. crowd. Finally, you finally got a big crowd in Dope Campbell kind of a prime time game and night night game back that atmosphere of what it used to be. How did talk, what did coach Norvell just the, the thoughts of, of it being kind of a, a, a great start to the year. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I just finished writing a story on this for tomorrow about pride, the sense of pride that everyone is feeling, you know, Mike Norvell talked about it, you know, it's, you, you sense it now around Tallahassee, you sense it around the Florida state program, you sense it around fans. I mean, there's a sense of pride again, renewed pride. Listen, we, you know, we're, we're, things have gone really well. They've gone what they expected. The players are feeling great. You know, um, it's been a long time coming. It's been, what, four or five years that basically the program has gone through, you know, uh, losing seasons. You know, so for everyone, it's it's it's, it's that kind of sense of we're, we're getting stuff accomplished now. We're, you're seeing the results on the field. I think Saturday night's game was the most complete game this Florida State team has played since probably back in the Jimbo Fisher days. I mean, this was, you know, it was a stunning way. I mean, special teams – you know, offense, defense, everyone played really well. Um, you mentioned the crowd. That was, I was doing some research. That was the largest home crowd since 2016, since a wow. Miami game in 2016. So that's, you know, announced attendance wise with like 79,000. So excellent crowd going on with that. You mentioned, I mean, every, every, every aspect of the play was just, it was just spot on. And you're now starting to see that buzz growing outside the state of Florida. You, you, right. you know, Florida state got, you know, a top 25 ranking for the first time since, you know, 2018. So there's a lot more attention being paid to this Florida State program. And I think it's well-deserved based on what they've been able to do over the over the last year or so. 
Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. I think Norvell's fine. The message is finally getting through. The culture is finally. You can see the 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 fruits of all the hard work the last couple of years for Norvell, and that's a good thing. That's a that's a way to build a program. And again, uh, you know, I don't think anybody had any questions about could it happen. It's just you want to see it happen. Now you're seeing it happen. So great. Let's talk about the gauntlet coming up the next three weeks. This is this is where you'll really know Florida State's really back or you know where they're at really in the next three weeks. You got Wake Forest. This Saturday, you got NC State, and then you got Clemson coming to town the next three weeks. Yeah, this was the, the stretch that I had circled on my calendar going into the year that I thought was going to be the most important for them. Because, again, if, if they could got to 4-0, which we thought was possible, this was going to be where you're going to see how good this Florida State team is. Again, I think there's a good opportunity this weekend against Wake Forest, a banged-up Wake Forest team that had a, a just a heartbreaking loss to yes. Clemson this past weekend. You know, Sam Hartman, you know, obviously had a, a put up some big numbers, but again, wasn't able to get the job done. They come down to, to Tallahassee. You know, I think a lot of the, the, the Florida State fans feel like this is an opportunity maybe to get to get this Wake Forest team kind of reeling, um, you know, a, a chance to kind of maybe, you know, get a big top 25 win. NC State's played really good defense, some of the best defense in the country right now. They're going to be a tough, uh, a tough battle on the road next weekend, depending on what happens this weekend. And then you got the Clemson game. I mean, there is legitimate chance, you know, that Florida State could be six and zero going into that Clemson uh-huh. game. This could be a top, this could be a top, you know, twelve, top, top ten matchup going into right. that Clemson game, and it could really do a lot to determine who's going to, you know, get the, you know, who's going to take over the Atlantic this final year, uh, you know, for a chance to, to to go for the ACC championship. So, a lot on the line right now. But as I as I tell people before the season started. Listen, I've never thought this was a year where I, I thought Florida State could win the ACC or get the ACC championship. I always felt like if they got to seven or eight wins, I think that's that would be a huge accomplishment. I still feel that way right now. I feel like there's probably going to be a game in this three-game stretch they're going to lose. I think then how they respond to that loss, to me, is where you're going to see the growth from this from this program under Mike Norvell this year. Yeah, like I said, like I said you, you, you're getting Wake Forest at a great time coming off a double overtime heartbreaker. Again, a lot of play. They play, they were on the field a long time in that game. A lot of play, so you might get a little more of a fatigued Wake Forest. Um, you get them at home, which is another you know benefit. Uh, to me, the NC State game is going to be the tough, the the really calling card one because you go on the road to Raleigh. They're a really good team. He's done a great job building that program. And again, you got to take it one one at a time. You can't be looking three weeks ahead to Clemson if you if you stumble against Wake Forest and NC State. It's I won't say it's for naught, but it's uh, all the the momentum will be gone. What's the one area on the roster that you think still needs to keep coming? Um, what what position group or what uh, you know portion of the roster do you really think? Hey, for them to be to be able to beat a NC State on the road to beat, be able to compete and beat a Clemson needs to keep coming. I, I think it's the secondary. I mean, I, yeah. I mean, listen, they they played well so far. You know, Mike Norville talked about that today. Adam Fuller, the defensive coordinator, talked about the secondary. They've had some injuries. You know, they got a Morgan Cooper back this past year, this past weekend. You know, they, they need guys to step up. They're going to get challenged. Listen, the next three weeks, they're going to get challenged by some of the best quarterbacks in the yep. ACC. You mentioned Sam Hartman. You know, you got, you got, you got Dennis, uh, Dennis Leary next, next week. Yep. Um, and then you got, you know, DJ Ugalele in Clemson. So they're going to get challenged. Right. So they're going to have to find a way to shut down some of those, those elite receivers those teams have and make sure they don't give up big plays. You know, we know the linebackers are solid. You know, they can play well. We know the front line has done a really good job defensively. You know, if they get Jared Verse back at some point, you know, I think that's going to only help them out. They yeah. need to continue to pressure the quarterback. I think that extra pressure will kind of help them out. So to me, that's where the concern. 
offensive line has held up. You know, even though they've had some injuries, they've had enough depth now they can move guys around. Mm-hmm. The running back situation is unbelievable if you think right. about it and what they've been able to do. And then Jordan Travis has played well. As long as yes. he's healthy, and it looked like he was healthy very much so against Boston College, that I think they've got a legitimate chance on all, on all three of these games. But again, that secondary to me is, is the weak link that really needs to step up and perform. Yeah, I'm with you. Jordan Travis played really well. Like I said, and, and, you, and the good thing is now you have some depth with Rotomaker. He showed he showed up in the Louisville game that he's capable. So again, you got really good receivers with Johnny Wilson and company. And then you said the running backs. That's the core of this offense is those running backs, and 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 they've just got really good depth there. They've got they got a lot of talent there. All right, let's transition to UCF for a few minutes. UCF off to a three and one start. Uh, Malzahn and company, they beat Georgia Tech over the weekend. Now they're now they're starting their conference play. What do you see out of uh, Malzahn in the, in the Knights after four weeks? Well, it, it's funny because, you know, if you look at the, the message boards, UCF fans, you'd have thought they'd lost this weekend. I mean, you know, I know, I know it wasn't a pretty game. You know, listen, I was there. It was not a pretty game. I think, uh, you know, uh, John Rice Plumley had 48 yards or something like that passing. They didn't look very good offensively. Really, the, the, the special team saved them in that game. If they don't get the block punt, you know, at the, at the start of the uh, end of half, the first half, and turn it into a touchdown. I'm not necessarily sure how this game would have gone. Um, they've got to continue to, to get him to grow. I mean, he needs to get better. I think we've seen good John Rice plumbing. We've seen bad John Rice plumbing. And I think that's where we, that's the development that needs to happen right now, you know, because if he's on his game and in the passing well, game, he's a great game, runner. Yeah, he's a, he's, he's a great he, runner. Sorry. In the passing game, he's like, if they can get that passing game going again, like they did against FAU, I think, you know, this offense can be very explosive when they don't, they struggle and they struggle running the football and their offensive line at times hasn't been as strong as I, I thought it would have been going into this season. So, so far through the first four games, I mean, yeah, things have been okay. Defense has really kept them in games and their special teams are stepping up. So those are all going to be keys moving forward. They've got a big game this weekend against SMU. Yes. SMU is going to put up a lot, try to put up a lot of points. They're going to try to throw the ball a lot as well and use tempo. So they need to find a way if you're UCF to kind of control that tempo. Yeah, I mean, again, co- the non-conference stuff's pretty much over now. It's all conference games for the rest of the way. Uh, where do you see them falling in the in the AAC kind of hierarchy? Yeah, you know, I, I think right now, you know, because what Cincinnati struggled a little bit, Houston struggled too. I, I think they're still right in the mix. You know, I mean, again, they they can't they they're not, they can't falter at some point. You know, they can't fall. Um, and this is going to be a challenge this weekend against SMU because SMU is a, a good team. So they're still right there. They're very much control their own destiny in that regard. You know, I know. You know, the people were disappointed with the loss to Louisville, but again, non-conference, that's not okay. That takes you out of the picture for, you know, the, the playoff stuff, right? But you can still play for the conference championship. So they're, they're still in the mix and they face Cincinnati down the road. So that, you know, they're going to have an opportunity to play the best team in, in the AEC right now. So they, they still control all that. They just got to get healthy and they got to get, they got to get Plumlee back to, to kind of where he was a couple of weeks ago. No doubt, no doubt. All right, Matt, like I said, a lot of enthusiasm heading into Tallahassee these next three weeks. Be an exciting you know, couple weeks, especially if they keep winning and building up to that Clemson game. If they can somehow win that game in Raleigh, that Clemson game will probably be at ESPN primetime or an ABC primetime game. Maybe even college game day might be in Tallahassee for that Clemson game if both of them keep staying undefeated. Tell everybody where they can find John Line, all your great work. Yeah, OrlandoSentinel.com, or you can follow me on Twitter, OSMattMichelle. Um, hopefully, fingers, you know, everything knocked. Right. I'm going to be at the, the Wake Forest game this weekend, so we'll right. see how that game goes. So. All right, Matt, stay safe, stay dry, batting down the hatchets and all that good stuff, and hopefully you'll be in Tallahassee on Saturday afternoon for the 3.30 showdown with Sam Hartman in the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Appreciate the time, and have a great week, sir. All right, thank you. You too.
Thanks for listening to the Florida Football Insiders Podcast as part of the College Gridiron Coast to Coast Podcast Network. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review if you've not already done so. And you can reach out to me on Twitter at jposports. Love to hear your comments and feedback about our episodes and any program suggestions moving forward. Check out our video interviews as well on my YouTube channel, Jason Powers Sports Channel. And we'll see you next week on the Florida Football Insiders Podcast.